0: Good afternoon, how are you guys doing? Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. As uh, Pastor Z always says, we will not leave in the same way that we came. Do we believe that today? Uh, I'm going to be speaking from 2nd Corinthians chapter 12, uh, starting from uh, verse 1. Uh, Let me read the scripture uh, and we'll continue the word. 2nd Corinthians 12 verse 1 says, I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, uh, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me that is warranted But by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great visions. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Let's uh, pray a brief prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this afternoon and for your presence in this place. Heavenly Father, I pray that you may strengthen me as I deliver this message, and I pray for every heart and mind here to receive the message from your spirit, Lord. Take over the rest of the time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The world system values strength and success and status Uh, when you are competing in your workplace and in your school in different places you have to exude confidence you have to present yourself as one who is confident and someone who's got it together you have to present yourself as strong if you have weaknesses you want to hide them you don't want to show them uh, in these kinds of contexts because they're not valued in the world. Uh, Weaknesses are seen as liabilities. Uh, So this often leads to a culture of uh, competition and comparison and sometimes we feel that uh, uh, that culture permeates into the church and we end up trying to compete and to compare, which was happening in the Corinthian church at that time. The system of God, on the other hand, um, celebrates weakness and humility. Uh, in the Bible, we see numerous examples of uh, men and women of God who have exhibited so much faith. Uh, we see David, who was a young boy, yet he was able to bring down Goliath. Uh, we see Daniel, who expressed amazing Godly value in the land of Babylon. We see many men, uh, men and women of God, but our biggest example is Christ, who did not come with an army of angels, but he was born in a manger and grew up in a humble way to defeat death itself and give us eternal life. So, In God's system, strength is not measured by external uh, accomplishments or physical prowess, but strength comes from relying on God. Our daily experiences in the professional world or in the day-to-day life continuously push us to hide our weaknesses. So what must we do with our weaknesses as we walk in the Lord? Uh, today we'll, we'll see from Paul's letter how we can learn from him and see our weakness, how our weaknesses cannot be a cause of self-pity, but be a cause of Christ's dependence. Just to give a background about the book of 2 uh, Corinthians, uh, at this point in the letter Paul is preparing for his third visit to the church of Corinth. Uh, he had planted the church in his uh, first visit to Greece. Uh, we see that story in Acts chapter 18. and. Uh, after his first visit and after he went as a missionary to different places, he uh, heard rumors of division and and fighting among themselves. So he wrote the book of 1 Corinthians to address those things. And now, uh, but you know, he, he says that I write this with many tears because he was so heartbroken by the condition of the church at that time. And now uh, he's writing the second letter and now he's got opposition that has come against him. Uh, False prophets and uh, false apostles, false teachers have risen against him and they're saying that he's not a true teacher and he's facing so many challenges. So he's writing this letter uh, to correct those things. He's uh, trying to resolve the tension, the false accusations uh, so that he can have a more productive uh, third and final visit. Uh, I won't read it again. Uh, from uh, verse one to six, we see that uh, he is talking about an experience. He says he is boasting. Uh, if you see the whole context, you'll, you'll learn that he, he does not want to boast. He says, I don't wanna do this, but I have to do it because I need to establish my claim. Because a lot of what the uh, uh, false teachers and false apostles at that time claimed to have these supernatural experiences as a validation of their office, as a validation of their authority. Uh, So Paul, he's saying, I don't want to, talk I don't want to boast about myself but I have to say this because I need to establish the truth and uh, he spoke in the third person he said uh, there, there, there is this man who went to the third heaven he did not even say I went to the third heaven he didn't have the audacity uh, a, a lot of uh, Teachers speculate of why he did that. Uh, uh, It was a known culture at that time with Jewish rabbis to talk about themselves in the third uh, person when they are trying to be humble. So he was trying to be uh, anonymous. Um, Secondly, um, he was saying, I don't even know if I was in the body or out of the body, so it might be even that he was talking about the other Paul that went Heaven and came back, so was kind of felt like a third person. Uh, Thirdly, he did not want to uh, place himself in the same importance or category uh, as uh, Enoch and Elijah, who are the only ones recorded in the Bible who physically went there. Uh, So he's saying, I I don't know if it was physical or if it was spiritual. It was just a vision, you know. So he was trying to really humble himself to the, he's trying to establish his authority, but yet he's trying to humble himself. You know, he's trying to do both those things at the same time. But his message to the Corinthian church was simple. Uh, He was saying... You boast in your own strength. You boast in what you have. But what God did in an instant is more powerful than what you could ever achieve in your whole life. God took me there, showed me inexpressible things that I can't even express. And he did that in a moment because I relied on him. God's weakness is more powerful than all your strengths combined. That was what he was trying to say. So he was trying to show the Corinthian church that the truth or true apostles should be exhibiting humble strength and not boasting in what they are achieving themselves. He's saying if they are true apostles, they should be going around planting churches in places that are unreachable. Uh, He was was talking about marked with hardship and dangers and deprivations, not with personal acclaim or, or, or winning personality. No, he was saying that... If you are true servants of God, then you should endure the hardships so that you can bring the gospel to other places. You should not be boasting. So he's telling the Corinthian church, this is your litmus test of how you can check for true apostles. Continuing on in verse seven and eight, he talks about the thorn. Uh, verse 7 says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Uh, theologians over the years have debated on what is this thorn of the flesh that... Paul is talking about Uh, some say oh it's the people in Corinth that are accusing him Uh, it's the Judaizers who keep following him from one church and one station to another and then preaching a second sermon after he left accusing him of being a false prophet Uh, some say it's the uh, hardships and uh, Uh, the persecutions that he was facing Uh, some say it's a physical illness maybe he had a migraine he had uh, he was worried about a lot of things Uh, some say he had eyesight problems because he mentions that in uh, another book Uh, but whatever the case I believe that Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, did not disclose what that thorn in the flesh was on purpose. Uh, I believe it was left ambiguous on purpose because if, if it's persecution, we say, well, you know, I'm not facing persecution. If it's physical illness, we'll say, you know, I'm, I'm not sick, I'm, I'm, I'm as healthy as can be. If it's something else, then we exclude ourselves by mentioning that thing. But it was left purposefully anonymous so that we can all relate to whatever that situation is. What is your weakness? What is uh, that thing that is tormenting you? Whatever that situation is, this word applies to you. His grace is sufficient for you as well. When God permits suffering to come to our lives, we uh, have different ways of dealing with it. Some of us are bitter. Uh, we blame God. Uh, some of us give up. Uh, we, some of us grit our teeth and we just push through. Uh, but however how much you grit your teeth, if you're relying on your own strength, it's only a matter of time before you get drained and you eventually fail. So, what God told him was, instead of removing the thorn, he gave him enabling grace. He gave him enabling grace while leaving the thorn there. Uh, So, quite naturally, what Paul wanted was uh, uh, the thorn to be removed, so he prayed three times for it to be removed. but even though his prayer was not answered he was comforted by god's response of the sufficient grace yes god answers prayers yes god takes us out of different situation most times god delivers us from different situations but sometimes god is silent because god is not obligated to answer your every request. Sometimes he knows what's better for you and his no is the better yes than what you are expecting. He, 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 we were not guaranteed a happy and healthy life at all times as children of God. Uh, I read a book a couple of uh, uh, years ago, um, divine appointments, I think was the title of the book. And, uh, this pastor, he was talking to his friend and he, his friend tells him a story about someone they both know. And he said, wow, that's a great story. Uh, you know, I want to use that as a sermon illustration. And then he, uh, talks about that, but he messes up the details and he says the wrong thing. And then that, that, that other guy he hears about the sermon and he was really mad and he sues him for defamation and uh, he said oh you know what have I done and he ends up in a court battle for four years and he says he has never prayed more during those four years than he has ever done in his ministry. He said that no matter how much he prayed the Lord kept giving him grace he said when I came out at the end of those four years I came out as a better person God used that experience to change me and I would not I wouldn't want anything to take that away from me so sometimes God removes the sting but he leaves, he leaves the thorn there because sometimes God's no is better than his yes um so why, why was Paul given this thorn? Uh, he says it right there in verse seven, to keep me from being proud. Uh, God wanted to give him that weakness so that he can always be humble and always on a daily basis have that humble dependence on God. Uh, it reminded him of his frailty and his fine truth. Uh So, What God is asking us is to trust and depend on Him. It's when, but it's only when we admit our weaknesses that we are able to experience uh, the grace of God. Moving on, verse 9 and 10, we see the response that He gave. Verse 9 says, But He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So when he says that my grace is sufficient for you... uh, it's a present tense it's not like this is my response for you now but it's a continuous access to the grace that the lord jesus paid for on the cross so he is able to uh, uh, continuously access that grace so that he may be able to always depend on god So the weaker the human instrument is, the brighter the glory of God shines through. What we see here, the word that he uses so that The power may rest on me. On verse 9, the word power used there is is the same word that is used as the Shekinah glory of the Lord. We see the Shekinah glory in Exodus 40 when Moses was given the tabernacle and he brought, uh, Moses was given the ark and he brought the ark into the tabernacle and the glory of God tabernacled over. That place It was a physical manifestation of the cloud and the glory of God manifested at that point. He used the same power, uh, word as the Shekinah glory. So this, this tells me that when we are coming where, with our ad, uh, inadequacies, when we are coming with our weakness, it is not the everyday... Presence or everyday uh, uh, feeling that we get, but it is a unique Shekinah glory that is shared. It is different when we come with our weakness than when we come with our strength. So uh, I talked a lot about weakness, but what is weakness? Or well, what are we really talking about when we say our weaknesses? Uh, Primarily, we can say it's inadequacy. Uh, We could talk about a physical inadequacy. It could be a a sickness or a disability. It could be an intellectual weakness. It could be a personal weakness. It could be a a weak position that you are in. It could be a weak position financially. Maybe you want to do something, but you can't. You have weakness in resources. Uh, maybe it's weakness in leadership. You want to lead people, but they're not following. You don't have that influence. It might be a weakness in leadership. Maybe it's your children. You want to steer them in a certain direction, but they're rebellious. You know, you don't have the influence in that in that direction. Maybe it's influence over your spouse, or maybe it could be a recurring. Uh, uh, temptation that is plaguing you different it might manifest in different ways these are just a few examples but it's something that you have concealed but one thing it is not is it's not sin Uh, Paul in writing his letters When he uses the Greek word for sin, he uses the word hamartia. But when he uses uh, the word weakness, he uses uh, asthenia, which means he's talking about two different things. Yes, weakness could lead to sin, and sin can also lead to weakness, but sin and weakness are not the same thing. In uh, uh, Romans 6, uh, 1 and 2, we see Paul uh, is rebuking uh, those who are boasting in their sin. Uh, He says uh, in verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that the grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So he's saying, no, no, we don't sin so that we can get more grace no grace is given for our weakness not for our sin so he qualifies that and different uh, uh, scriptures we can see different scriptures for that but if, when we sin we turn from god to idols we profane god uh, we profane god we uh, destroy faith and we obscure god god is not glorified in our sin uh, but in our weakness we increase our consciousness of our dependence on God. So when, our, when we depend more on him, we glorify him. We, our faith is strengthened in that process and it allows us to manifest the glory of God, the Shekinah glory of God in ways that strength could never do. So what, what does this mean? Does this mean that if, strength, if weakness is so great and manifests the Shekinah glory, should we be seeking weakness? Uh, I think we have already ample weakness in our lives. We don't need to go seeking for it. Uh, but I'm trying to show you your attitude or your approach in dealing with your weaknesses. Are you hiding them behind and presenting yourselves as strong? Or are you humble enough to bring it out? I can understand that uh, you may hide your weaknesses from people, but the funny thing is, we also try to hide our weaknesses from God, as if he doesn't already know. You know, we're saying, Lord, you know, I can do this for you. I can do that for you. You know, we're hiding our weaknesses behind so that he doesn't see it. But he sees it. But he's waiting for us to bring it before him and acknowledge it and say, yes, I have this weakness. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm working with. So it gives us that weakness be- is not weakness is not power but weakness becomes the place or the occasion for Christ to manifest his power it's the platform where he ex- reveals his glory but he wants us to bring it out to him we, our great example is the lord jesus christ who did not as I said, come with an army of angels, but he came in weakness, in humility, in death, in beatings and shedding his blood for us. He came in that weakness so that he can win the greatest battle. How much more should we also humble ourselves before the Lord? So we need to have a realistic acknowledgement of facing our weaknesses and our uh, human limitations so that we can lean on Christ and rely on him for strength. Uh, About eight, nine years ago, uh, when I was teaching discipleship classes, there was this uh, uh, girl, uh, and she came to home care and she was speaking to someone else. And she said, oh, how long have you been coming to Beza? And she said, oh, I got saved a year ago. And she said, you got saved a year ago? That's great. You know, that really gives me hope because, you know, I look at KB and I say, you know, will I ever be like him? And I, when I heard that, I was like so disappointed. And I said, am I in teaching Uh, uh, These new Christians, am I showing this confidence and this uh, kind of displaying this strength that's making them feel inadequate, that's making them feel distant, then I have failed then I need to be vulnerable with them. I need to open up because I'm not what they perceive me to be because I have my weaknesses. I don't wanna be holding it here. So not only does it prevent us from the Lord uh, uh, coming down and giving us his strength, but it also prevents other people from growing, uh, from having confidence and from drawing closer to God. so what should our response to our weaknesses be we may have feelings of of failure and uh, the more we experience we become more weakness conscious and pain aware but the lord jesus is not just our example to follow but he's also our enabler he's also our strength throughout So we need to be aware of our limitations and let this awareness work in us, a humility and a self distrust and trust in Him and depend on Him. So it stops becoming about what I have done and it starts becoming about what He has done through me. So, when Paul received that no from the Lord, he didn't ask, why Lord, why? I need an explanation. Because explanations do not sustain the Christian life. Promises do. He gave him a promise. He gave him a promise. He said, my strength is sufficient. My, we- my grace is sufficient. It perfects, perfects your weakness He gave him that promise and promises generate faith and faith strengthens hope. So just to give you a few action points, acknowledge your weaknesses both before God and before your accountability partner or your spouse or anyone who's close to you and say, this is my weakness. Live daily, independent faith of God's grace. Always approach God with that sense of needing Him, not with a sense of sufficiency. Have humility and gratitude for those God has placed around you. When you are weak, others can help you, but they can't help you if you're always pretending to be strong. You need to be humble to receive help from other people. You need to be humble. Some people, if you try to bless them with money, they, they, wouldn't, they, they would refuse. They say, I don't need your money, you know? That kind of shows that they're saying, I'm, I'm sufficient. You know, I've got it together. I don't need your help, you know? But in whatever case or in whatever situation it might be, Be humble to receive help from others. Uh, deal gently and patiently, patiently with others who struggle with weaknesses that are different from yours. Uh, Hebrews chapter five, verse two. This is uh, in co- the comparison between the high priest, the heavenly high priest, and the earthly high priest, uh, in talking about the the. Uh, Israelite high priest, he says, he is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. The high priest every year goes into the temple with the sins of the people and uh, gives uh, appropriation for those sins. And so, uh, but when he's going in, he's, he may be going on their behalf, but he knows that he might die because if he doesn't perform the rites he's going to be dragged out in a rope so he's also aware of his own weaknesses so he is able to understand people in their weaknesses sometimes when we are strong in one area but we may be weak in another area when we see people failing in the area where we are strong we say you know how can how can that guy do that you know that's just a shame you know and we we tend to be judgmental but when we are very conscious and aware of our own weaknesses then we are able to to be more patient and less judgmental with others and mo- another example where we see our dependence on each other is when we are walking as the body of Christ. God did not give all the grace to one person. He gave some, to, uh, some gifts to one other gifts to other so that we can be dependent on each other and he said love one another and by this you will be known as my children and that your father will be glorified in heaven if we don't have that humility to depend on each other uh, in each other's gifts and graces then we are not able to be a light to the world Uh, you guys are familiar with uh, puzzles. puzzles come in a box, and they, on the box you'll see the final picture. Uh, but you need each piece to be assembled together so that the final picture will come. If you are given a certain shape, but you're hiding your weakness, when, when you're trying to be fit in there, you won't fit. Because you're, you, you have a distorted shape than what you came in the box so let's come before him if the apostle paul and the lord jesus came with weakness and they did great and mighty things how much more should we humbly come before the lord expressing our weaknesses so that his sufficient grace can uh, reveal the shekinah glory and fulfill us so Let that be our takeaway for today. God bless you.